You are listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hell is that, little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the game. day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast Part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I think I know the answer to that question. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and on today's show, the Dolphins go out and they get it done. That's right, it's a 21-19 win over the visiting Buffalo Bills. The first time in eight tries, the Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills. It's our eighth straight win here at Hard Rock Stadium. Check your pulse. You might be fired up, but if you're like me, well, you probably need an oxygen mask after that game. And some smelling salts because that was a crazy one. We'll do the five takeaways from that game. We'll examine the key moments. We'll talk about the play before the play, the teaching tape as well. We'll hear from the winning coach and, oh man, that quarterback We'll hear from him as well, and much, much more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Where do we even begin? What a game, man. What a football game. Watching that thing, I just kept saying, and Big Seth was too, these are two really, really good football teams, man. We'll see those guys again in December, but this one was one that when things got late, you began to feel like, man, we have to find a way to get this going, to get this victory. And that's exactly what happened. Like real talk, we were over in the radio booth that we do the post-game show from on that final series of plays and on the Bills' penultimate drive. And when we got the fourth down stop, we all celebrated like the game was over, but it was not, obviously. And actually, if you look at the win probability stats, even after the holding call on Emmanuel Ogba, and what a game he had, by the way, the Buffalo Bills' win probability on that last part of that drive before the clock ran out on them was 78.4%, according to my Yahoo Sports app. So they were really driving to kick that game-winning field goal and break our hearts for a 22-21 loss. It didn't happen. The Dolphins played such disciplined defense. We'll get to that in one of the takeaways here in just one second. But the Dolphins just kept coming back and coming back and making plays And that box score was an absolutely wild one. Let's actually go ahead and get to it before we get to the five takeaways here on the Sunday night flagship recap edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. The Bills have 31 first downs. Miami has 15. The Bills are 11 for 18 on third down. Miami 3 for 8. Buffalo also converted two of their three fourth down attempts. Buffalo had 497 total yards. Miami had 212. Buffalo 382 through the air, 115 on the ground, Miami 171 through the air, and 41 on the ground. But here's where it gets you. 90 total plays for Buffalo to just 39 for Miami. That's a crazy, absolutely crazy disparity in plays ran. The Dolphins had no turnovers, 
So two of the three games this year haven't turned the football over. The Bills have the one on the strip sack by Javon Holland. The Dolphins also get four sacks of Josh Allen. The Dolphins quarterbacks are sacked just twice, one for Tua, one for Teddy Bridgewater. And the Dolphins have four penalties for 20 yards. Buffalo, seven for 52. And Buffalo possessed the ball for over 40 minutes. 40 minutes and 40 seconds compared to Miami's 19-20 of time of possession in this game. Whew. Wow, what a game. Takeaway number one is that this team, we already know about the talent they have on offense and defense, but how about the resolve and the makeup of this football team? Let's start this segment by hearing from head coach Mike McDaniel on just that, the resolve of this Dolphins football team. Again, people take me way too literal. I don't like these these shock endings, but um, you know, I'm just really, really happy for the team because this is this much I do know. Um, teams win football games. And if you're going to have um, success over the long haul, you have to have confidence that, you know, whoever, whatever phase can win a football game for you can go ahead and do that. Um, and it takes the collection. Every play is almost equally as important as the next. So to see um, guys persevere um, in a tough situation in a game that they took very serious um, I knew that we were going to get our best effort from everybody. Um, and then to um, be able to uh, finish the game um, with two unbelievable efforts by the, by the defense, um, I, I, I think I couldn't have written a better script um, for what we're trying to do. Um, it, it's an it's a exciting day for the team. Um, and we're, you know, uh, we've had three opportunities, and we've, you know, we've won those three. So um, that's also uh, strong in perspective for us because uh, three wins doesn't do anything at the end of the season. You need a couple more than that. So, um, but right now, very proud of the guys. We got a short week, so uh, we we can enjoy it for um, maybe a maybe a half hour, and then uh, you know it's on to the next. Mike, uh, it's time of possession, yards, first downs. You guys were underdogs and all that today. Can you talk about what you learned about the team, especially at the end of the game when they had the, the punt situation? What you, would you learn about the way they held their heads high and were able to overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think we have a lot of team. It, it was I learned a lot about the resolve. You don't know until you have it happen. And, um, you know, the, the team got a lot of confidence in the offense last week. Um, so when, you know, you worry that when um, – when push comes to shove and you're trying to finish the game, you know that you can. Get, if you get a first down, the game's over and you can't get a yard. You worry about the team's resolve, um, you know. But I, I see much better than I hear. Uh, I, I was hoping, but um, to see the way they they came back with confidence and and played attacking football, um, I learned uh, what I would hope to learn. You never know until you're in those situations. But it was um, I was very happy with with the entire team and how they how they press forward because even even special teams you know we have uh, an unfortunate situation we we're trying to get some yards at the end of the game to to at least worst case scenario punt the ball um, from our own back end line and you know we have something that that doesn't totally go our way but we don't win that game um, if we don't completely flip flip the field um, on a punt previous in that half so um, there it, it's a it's a great Great experience for guys. I'm happy that they were able to um, come out with the win um, because they definitely did everything in their power to get that done. 
So there you have head coach Mike McDaniel on just how proud he is and the resolve of this football team. And when the game started, I thought, look, here's some mistakes. I'm either going to have to mention how they were the difference in a loss or positively, I'm going to get to use them to prove this team's resolve. And the latter is exactly what happened because early in this game, you get a personal foul on a third down on Xavier Howard to extend a drive. We lose a guy in coverage on a fourth down play that winds up a touchdown down inside the five-yard line. There's a false start to begin the game for the offense. On the very next play, we drop a pass on first and 15 that looked like at least a 20-yard completion. We then get beaten pass pro and Tua gets hit on his arm on second and two and can't complete that and eventually have to punt after a third down fail, uh, failed conversion as well. But then you had the bounce back, like two individual plays after that punt by Jerome Baker and Zach Sealer to fit for Baker and to shed a block for Sealer to make one-yard stops to set up a pressure look where Javon Holland gets home for a strip sack, the first forced fumble of his career, and Melvin Ingram, Johnny on the spot once again, scoops that thing up, puts the Dolphins in scoring range, and a few plays later, Chase Edmonds is into the end zone. Then you get another Buffalo touchdown, and Miami comes right back, nine plays, 83 yards, five minutes, and 14 seconds for a touchdown of their own. And then you also had some moments in the game that I wouldn't say were mistakes, but chances and opportunities to really take the game and put it in the back pocket as a dub. Xavier Howard had a chance for a big pick there uh, right at the end of the first half that just goes off the top of or just I, he just barely missed it by like an inch. Javon Holland nearly got one late in the game that could have potentially sealed the game. The very next play, Jalen Phillips almost makes an insane play to get one of his own. And just how fitting is it that I said one of the keys in this game coming in was getting the football away from this dude because despite all the greatness of Josh Allen, and he's probably the best player in the league right now, there are some moments where the ball will be put in an opportunity for you to make a play on it, and we saw it a few times in this game. That's how other teams have stopped the Buffalo Bills. It's how you thought Miami had to do it, but they did it in another way. They just went out and stopped him and, and really controlled the scoreboard for 60 minutes. But despite all of that, and this goes back to the original point, Nobody's ever played a perfect game, and they did have the opportunities to turn them over and just didn't get them. But we did get them on one of them. More on that in just a moment. Still, despite all of those, the Dolphins just continued to battle and battle and make plays. Like, when you don't make that big game-changing play, it must be so easy for the mind to go somewhere else and say, ah, we had it. That was our chance. And then they wind up getting the points behind you. It just didn't happen that way. And after those two picks that the Dolphins potentially could have had with Holland and with Jalen Phillips... These were the next plays following that sequence, and it was an absolutely crazy one. So after the Holland pass breakup, you get a near pick and pass breakup from Jalen Phillips. Then you get Josh Allen rushing up the middle for eight yards where he broke contain once again, got off of the uh, pressure from the Dolphins and moved the chains. Then you get a pass for nine yards down to the six-yard line that puts the Dolphins or the Bills in second and one from the six-yard line. They get four yards in the ensuing play. Then it's first and goal from the two-yard line. And you have to be thinking as a Dolphins fan, right? You have to be thinking, well, there's 236 left. We have one timeout. At least we'll have time to go down and either kick a game-tying field goal or maybe, like last week, go win it with a game-winning touchdown. But the defense said, not so fast, my friend. One-yard rush where you land in Roberts and a whole gang of Dolphins really just piled that play up and made the stop right there at the goal line. And you're thinking, well, okay, well, there's another two-minute warning. So maybe we lose some time there. They're probably going to find a way in still. Not what the defense is thinking, man. Not this defense. Not on the goal line in short yardage. We know about this defense in short yardage. Josh Allen rushes to the right. One-yard loss. Oh, Landon Roberts again. 
Miami timeout. All right, well, now our timeouts are going, by the way, right? Better get a stop. Third and goal. Josh Allen, incomplete pass down the middle. X almost picks this one off. Then fourth and goal, we get a pressure look, and it forces Allen to throw off his back foot. The pass comes up short, and you're thinking the game's over, but it's not. The Dolphins lose a yard on first and 10 from their own two. Tua rushes up the middle and lost what Coach McDaniel said was about a quarter of a yard on that play, so they are backed up as far as they possibly can be. Then you get an incomplete pass to Raheem Mostert, and then we punt the ball off our own guy for a safety, and now all of a sudden a field goal wins it, and Morstead bangs a 74-yard punt down the field on the on the safety uh, kickoff punt, whatever that's called, and the, the Bills, I mean, they start doing what they, what they do, man. Second and 10 play gets 18 yards to Gabe Davis. Then they go incomplete pass. Then they go pass to Jamison Crowder for nine yards. Then they get a pass for seven yards. And all of a sudden, the ball's at the 43, and you're thinking, man, Tyler Bash has a 60-yard leg. It's going to come down to a field goal. Then Emmanuel Ogba, we'll get to him in a minute, wins a pass rush and forces a hold and backs him up 10 yards. And then you eventually get the second and 20 completion to Isaiah McKenzie. And the Dolphins' discipline, we'll come back to that as well, allows them to tackle him inbounds. Just an absolutely insane sequence. We'll go ahead and take our first break right there and come back with the other four takeaways. The first one, this Dolphins team continues under Mike McDaniel to show their resolve. Takeaways two through five, that's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picking it back up with takeaway number two. And I didn't mean to do this with the number two and Tua's name, but... Takeaway number two is just two, man. What a performance by the quarterback. They get the ball back late in the first half in a tie game, and it's third and long, and Tua gets a free runner, spins out of that, and fires a strike to Jalen Waddle to move the chains. We had 15 because of a late hit, and it's a lower back injury that was actually a re-aggravation of an earlier injury when Tua snuck the ball and got dinged up in the bottom of the pile. And we actually, you know, I was keeping an eye on him on the, in the press box, and he was limping around the sideline a little bit. I said, Seth, man, Tua looks a little bit shaken up over there. I did not like the way that looks, but he's tough as nails. He comes back and, and gets in there. Then he aggravates it on that late hit, and you could just hear the energy level in the building just kind of lower. Like, you could hear the fight song after the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter. They actually cut the music and let the fans sing it a cappella, and man, that was a thing of beauty. It was so loud in there. But back to the halftime part, 
you just kind of felt the energy come out of the building. People are like, let's go get some hot dogs and see if our quarterback is ready to go for the second half. And the offense was really getting it going right there. And coming off the game last week, people were buzzing, thinking there could be an explosive play here. They can score quickly or have a go-ahead drive. And he comes out and it stalls. Then he comes back out for the second half, pumping the crowd up. And man, that got everybody going. And after that, he finished 5 of 7 with 100 yards. That was all he had in the second half, just seven pass attempts. But boy, did he make the most of them. The rip to River Craycraft, the touchdown throw. By the way, all Craycraft does, catch touchdowns, two catches, two touchdowns in his Dolphins career. And he's throwing with such pristine accuracy, the keyhole accuracy that we've heard about for so long right now, just sticks it right between a trio of Bills defenders for a big, big time touchdown throw. What a play, one. Then there was a play where he does that subtle little shift in the pocket we talked about this week to kind of slide away from some pressure, step up and throw it to to Tyreek Hill for a first down. Then there's a play later in the game with really good footwork and ball handling on an RPO pop. And he comes out of the break with a 22-yard shot to Tyreek Hill later on. I just thought he continued, even on just 18 pass attempts, to show you the growth and the skill set that he offers this Dolphins football team, this Dolphins offense, and why he was the number five pick in the draft and why he is now 16-8 and as the Dolphins starting quarterback. And of course, his most impressive play of the day, that 45-yard shot on third and 22 to Jalen Waddle. What a rip. What a moment. The Dolphins win probability jumped 8% on that play. Doesn't seem like much, but it actually is a huge moment. And I'm sure that's going to help his QBR, his EPA, all those fun stats that we'll cover on the Tuesday podcast. Let's actually go ahead and hear from Tua now on that 45-yard bomb, followed up after that by Coach McDaniel talking about the exact same play. Uh, Mike called called a play that he thought would work. Um, And if we got a certain look, uh, we wanted to take advantage of it. And so they looked like they ran uh, quarters coverage, and they, they played really deep. Uh, so I try to hold the boundary or the, the field safety uh, to Tyreek's side, uh, try to hold him, and then I came back to Waddle, um, you know, trusting that Waddle would beat his guy, which he did. And now Coach McDaniel. No, I, I think it, um, that's one that's a big play that I think, too, will always remember that a lot of his teammates will because – he was battling through, and it's a, that's really hard, especially with how, how he throws. He uses such great base and balance that he uses his whole core to throw. And uh, um, uh, he, he had to be on time and on rhythm. He saw the coverage the right way. He uh, attempted to move the field safety as best he could. But I think it, it goes to show how um, important it is to him, how gutsy he is, how tough he is. Um, and when, when uh, he can he can sense when big moments are on the line, and you know, just very happy that him and Waddle came up with the play um, to to get us in into scoring position that that Chase ultimately ended up getting the score on. So um, that was a that was a big one that I think we'll all remember for sure. We always talk about how Coach teaches us things on this podcast and just talking about the mechanics and how Tua kind of uses his core to generate zip and velocity and, and the way he throws the football. It's, it's really interesting stuff that I hear him talk about that. It makes you appreciate even more the performance today of Tua Tungavailo. I'm just getting texts and stuff right now. 
uh, from like random people. My my wife's grandma just texted me, "Congrats, Travis, on the big win." I I have never once heard from her after a Dolphins victory. So uh, good stuff. Everyone's having good vibes around this football team right now. And takeaway number three is the defensive adjustments combined with the pass rush getting things going. And I thought there was three elements of this game that Miami adjusted to beautifully because Buffalo and Ken Dorsey, I thought had a great plan and a great, you know, attack to go after this Dolphins defense and what it does so well. And there was three things that really stood out to me. Number one, they kept running that little slip screen. I'm not sure if that's what you call it, but it's what it feels like it is, where Singletary would go up into the A-gap and bluff a block on like the most inside pressure, and then he would just kind of flip around, show the quarterback his numbers, and Allen would dump it to him, and it was going for 8, 9, 12 yards a time, and it was like, man, if, if they're going to do this all game long and we can't adjust to it, that's going to be hard to stop. Like They can not take the deep shots that we're taking away from them and just do this, and it'll work for them. But we adjusted and we started kind of sending someone at that running back to go physically hit him because in that five-yard range, you can make that contact and put a guy on the turf, did that a few times and stopped that outlet from Josh Allen. And that helped the pressure continue to get after Josh Allen uh, after that fact. They had some a lot of quick screens in this game, even against free rushers where Allen would go up over the top or drop that arm angle down by the hip and throw it like a shortstop and get it around guys. They had the quick screen game, the cover zero beaters they were really effective with early on. But again, Miami adjusted and you find that spot you have to fill. You find that spot you have to replace when someone goes after the quarterback and it just continuously, despite the fact that he played so well, like the MVP candidate that he is, you continuously made Allen make play after play after play. And by the end of it, those four plays in the goal line, they were out of place to make. So like it was a huge deal to make those plays when you did out there for 90 snaps and to hold them to what they did to 19 points, despite the fact that Allen threw for 400 yards, it was on 63 attempts. And so that tells me with some quick math, that's only 6.3 yards per pass attempt. That is not a good figure in 2022. So don't let the 400 yards fool you. 6.3 yards per pass, any defense, any day is going to take that number. And then I also thought, thought the way they fit the run and set very hard edges against that screen game, but also against some of the jet sweep action and their outside runs was another really good adjustment. So Josh Boyer, we gave him the game ball in the post game show in week one. Tough game in week two for the Dolphins defense, but in this one, man, they brought the stuff and continue to show you this team has multiple ways that they can win football game. And again, on the field for 90 plays in what has been, in my opinion, the worst week three or late September weather in terms of the heat and humidity we've, that I've had since my since I've been down here for three years. It's been, it was so, so hot today. And so to go out there and play that, that many plays in that weather, you know, I asked Christian Wilkins a few weeks ago about conditioning and, and play counts for the first game. And he said, like, our big focus for us is being one of, if not the best conditioned team in the NFL. And I think the play disparity today showed you that that's not just talk. 90 plays, and they were still bringing it right to the very end. I cannot wait to see the pressure numbers in this game, speaking of Wilkins and all those guys, because Allen had to make so many plays, to, again, showing you kind of that superhero status that he's earned up there in Buffalo from all those fans and, and national media alike, because he had to make so many plays just to get them to 19 points in this game with all the opportunities they had with the Dolphins offense, you know, not having the most success they've had today. And so many guys just brought it, man. Javon Holland, you know, the pass rush that he had where 
you it, it looked Brandon Jones showed pressure off one edge, and the Bills picked that up because who's been the guy that's been making you know Javon gets in there too, but Brandon Jones has kind of been the pass rush maestro among that safety group, not just for this team but the entire National Football League. So go take care of that guy. We've seen the angles he takes of quarterbacks. We've seen him get the ball out and put it on turf, and the Dolphins scoop it and score it just two weeks ago in the same building. So you go ahead and throw the tight end over there, and he blocks Brandon Jones, but it frees up Javon Holland, who comes down as a pass rusher, gets the big hit on Allen, knocks that ball free, gets the Dolphins the football at the six-yard line. He finishes with 10 tackles. Nine of those were solo. One and a half sacks, two passes defense, and a forced fumble. Emmanuel Ogba talking about that final pass rush on the last drive that caused the hold man he was consistently winning his one-on-one matchups I can't wait to watch his tape and see the pressure numbers we'll do that on the Tuesday podcast but he continued to just get those long have those long arms and heavy hands into guys and was really controlling the point throughout the course of the game with that pass rush really good stuff from Ogba Jalen Phillips had some good pass rushes too bent that edge a lot Melvin Ingram is so so good man coverage rush run game he does so much and you just don't really get him fooled you know, that's, I guess, what 10 years, 10 years of experience will do for you. He was just so solid out there off the edge and in coverage as a rusher, whatever it might be. Andrew Van Ginkle made some plays. Good to see him back out there getting some more work coming off the appendix surgery. He had a play where he looped into the A-gap and got a pressure on Josh Allen. And then Jerome Baker, man. How about a half sack and 13 combined tackles? Just I can't wait to watch this tape. I'll say it 15 more times, but lots of guys made plays in this game. Great signs going forward for that defense to have a kind of bounce back day after week two, where the offense was kind of the one that, you know, helped the Dolphins get to the winner's circle more so than the defense. Today, that script has flipped a little bit. Complimentary football, this team continues to show multiple ways to win games. The number four takeaway is the red zone and trench play that we got in this game. First of all, you know, a key to this Buffalo offense Make them kick field goals, man. They did that. They got a missed field goal. They go back down, get a touchdown after that drive on the missed field goal. And just the execution of the Dolphins in the red zone, the two Chase Edmonds touchdown runs, Robert Hunt and Connor Williams on either of those plays both had huge blocks where they just cleared massive, massive lanes. It was walk-in service for Edmonds on both of those scores. Huge to be able to run the ball in that spot, as you saw late in the game with Buffalo's offense against our defense. And then to the trench play. Von Miller had one pass defense today and no tackles. I don't have pressure numbers yet. I'm sure he had a couple, but uh, didn't really hear his name a whole lot because Teron Armstead played on that left side where he rushed off most of the time. Teron Armstead's very, very, very good at his job. We saw it once again in this game, battling with a toe injury as well. Great stuff from Teastead. Great stuff from the entire offensive line, dealing with more injuries. We had Rob Hunt leave the field for a play, and Rob Jones come into the game. We had Rob Hunt go to right tackle, while Greg Little was dealing with a hand injury. So just great stuff from, this, from these guys up front. What a game. And finally, takeaway number five is quick before our last break. Waddle, waddle, waddle. Back-to-back 100-yard games is the first time by a Dolphins receiver since 2019. And the play of the day was that 45-yarder, of course. The play where Tua wheeled and threw to him as he... uh, The last play before Tua had to leave with the back injury, he sees Tua get away from that free runner and just comes back to him, like screaming back to him, like, hey, I'm right here. I got 17 for you. Like, throw me the ball, and it winds up being a first down conversion. But I think above all, and this is something Seth and Juice love to harp on in the postgame show, is his competitiveness. It's on display on 100 at all times. There was a clip last week where he comes over to the sideline after another big play, and, you know, everyone's dealing with cramps and whatnot, and the, the trainer comes up like, you want some water? And he's just, like, dead focused on the play. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm in here. I'm, I'm in the game right now. You know, don't I don't need water. Like, 
just the way he's wired, man, it, it makes these players like Tyreek and Jalen super, super special. And, you know, Tua mentioned the attention that Tyreek got on the big play. That's kind of the grand takeaway here is that Jalen Waddle, you know, the sixth pick in the draft last year, stepping up and becoming the kind of player that you hope the number six pick in the draft can be and the kind of player that he looks like he's going to be. You know, he's two yards short right now of Stephon Diggs atop the leaderboard uh, at the current time of taping this. And for him to, to become that guy while you have Tyreek, you know, as Coach McDaniel said last week, like, you've got two of those guys, it's going to be really tough to stop. So Waddle stepping up in a big way is going to have such a big impact on how teams have to defend this offense. You can't just take away Tyreek because Waddle's there, and there's plenty of other guys that can make plays as well. But Waddle today, back-to-back 100-yard games. Let's take our second break here and come back and finish up with a few notes that I didn't get to in the five takeaways. We'll also do the uh, effort play, the teaching tape, as well as the play before the play. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Just a few additional notes to cover here on the Sunday night, Monday morning, depending on when you hear this podcast, recap edition of the Drive Time Podcast. River Craycraft, two touchdowns and two catches. You know, that saves a Cougar fan like myself after a rough, rough Saturday from being very upset this weekend. Uh, The offensive line battling attrition, again, just great job and how well coached those guys are up front to be able to to move positions and make plays in a pinch like that. Cater Kohu made some plays. Keon Crossan had a big pass breakup in the end zone. Brandon Jones continues to make plays. Christian Wilkins is an absolute monster. What a beast he is up front, man. We are so lucky to have him. And then Xavier Howard, Stephon Diggs had 7 for 74. I'm not sure how much of that was on X. Again, that'll be a Tuesday podcast number for you guys. But he was averaging just under like 144 yards per game coming in. And for 74 yards, like the, the, the plays that X made on the football, critical moments, nearly jumped one for a pick. Really good stuff. I'll find the rest of what I missed on the Tuesday podcast. How about the play before the play this week? There's two of them for me. And I probably could have more, but I, I decided pretty early in the game because it was such a big play in the game. Is Jerome Baker fitting the run and sticking his face in the fan for a stop on first and 10? And then Zach Sealer, there's a really well-blocked play right after that on second and nine. And Sealer just gets off of his block and makes a tackle where I think that Singletary might have had some room to run for maybe a first down or even more. But instead of that, it's third and eight. And you're down 7-0. And then you get Javon Holland up on the line of scrimmage making that big play. So those two plays before the play, Jerome Baker and Zach Sealer, big time stuff from those guys. And the teaching tape, how many times have we talked about Christian Wilkins retracing plays and the relentless effort that he he gives just all at all times. It's always on display. And with Dawson Knox, that hit he put on Dawson Knox, that's the effort that, the kind of rewards you get from the effort that he put forth on those plays. Excellent, excellent job for Christian Wilkins. And quite frankly, that play is what this segment is for, to appreciate stuff of that nature. I wrote this before the game, and I wanted to do it if we won, and we won. So I was thinking about this. Just 369 days ago, we saw the prized possession of the Dolphins' rebuild that began in 2019 leave the field on the cart. 
fractured ribs would keep Tua Tungavailoa on the sideline while Miami's offense sputtered in his absence en route to four consecutive losses. As the defeats mounted, so did the whispers of the potential end and a change at the quarterback position in Miami. But today, the hero emerged on the bookend of the Bills' visits to Hard Rock Stadium, and he wears the number one on his chest. Not only did Tungavailoa get the Dolphins to a 3-0 mark, they topped the Buffalo Bills and are now on top of the AFC East, entering October for the first time since 2018, the same season Miami last beat the Buffalo Bills. Now, you know about the crazy game that happened out there. I won't recap all of that. But the quarterback controversy seems to have ended quite some time ago. And the Dolphins uncovered emphatically their solution to the issue at a position for better than two decades at this point. And hopefully the bookend of that timeline is as exciting as the Dolphins were exercising the demon today that was the Buffalo Bills, a return to potential postseason play. With a 3-0 record and wins over the conference's most prominent fixtures, Dolphins fans are dreaming of resetting the counter that began back in 2000 after Lamar Smith's run to beat the Colts in the wild card round of the playoffs. Now, we won't get too far ahead of ourselves, but with this football team, it has to have you thinking about that. And when you have a quarterback like number one out there, it has to have you really thinking that's a strong possibility. I do not have a post-game show segment for you guys. If I'm being honest, it was all a blur, and I don't have the audio to comb through, but I will post the podcast on the show for you guys on Monday morning. We'll also have the film review for you guys out on Tuesday, again, for the 20th time. Can't wait to watch that one. Until next time, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and Juice, as well as our Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. We'll look forward to this week with you guys. Of course, the YouTube channel for media availabilities, Dolphins Today, Drive Time, and Fish Tank content. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline, Daddy's coming home. <laughs>